Well, this principal will take me off the prayer list of day spring. No, they won't take you off. Trust me. You're on it still. I'm still on it. They won't take you off. So, um, well, I am excited about the lesson today, and I doubt seriously that we'll get through the whole thing, but, you know, let's swing for the fences and see how far we get, and then um, we might. We might, because Vicki did good and got me up here earlier than I thought I'd be, so we'll try from there. Okay, just kind of review. We're going through first, uh, Sam, uh, Samuel, where are we at? We're in Psalm, starts with an S, both of them, right? Psalm 119, and um, I know. Well, see, the thing is, when I first, I've told this story before, Colleen, I'll tell it again, but when I first came to Christ, I didn't know the Bible at all, oh, and I didn't, and I didn't know where the books of the Bible were or anything like that, and I had unashamedly looked in the table of contents. But I'm majorly phonetically challenged. Well, throw a word like psalm at me and try and find that in the table of contents. So anyway, so I just, that's my joke is that it's, they should call it the psalms, you know. But anyways, so um, we are flying through. We're, we're on to verse 33, which I just feel kind of shocked that we've done so much um, in such a short amount of time. We talked about we want to have lives that are enviable. Um, we want to keep our way pure. We talked about the bees in our lives, bounty, beauty, boundaries, and benevolence. And then two weeks ago, um, we talked about what do you desire? And I asked you kind of to set aside 30 minutes to kind of go through, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. And I want to know if anybody wanted to possibly share about, um, did you take the time to do that? Did you, did you write some thoughts down? And, um, and if you didn't, if you could think really on your feet here, we could share a little bit. <laughs> Colleen, you're shaking your head. Did you think yeah, some about them? I think my, my deepest desire is to walk more closely mm. with the Lord really, really is. Amen. Amen. And I think that's why I've kind of been church shopping. Sure. For lack of a better term. And um, I just know that he took me through a season that's been about six, seven years ago that I was so in tune to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that, and I was so led that I didn't really even have to think about my next step. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My desire is to whatever was going on in my life and whatever brought me to that place, I want to be there. Amen. Again. Amen. That's good, Colin. That's a great desire. That's an awesome desire. Mayor or Carol, do you have any thoughts? No. You've already done it all, Carol, right? You're ready to die. Right. <laughs> Carol lost her voice, girl. She's still losing her voice, but she, she's going to the doctor this week. Right, Carol? Yes. So, um, well, what we want to talk about today is the give and take of the Bible. And, um, you know, like, I don't know, I'm raised in the South, and we're kind of really big on etiquette, and even though, you know, it's like we can say something bad about somebody, and then we can say, well, bless their heart, and it kind of like makes up for it kind of thing. And, and you know, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am is, you know, just something that we were taught, and that's what I was taught, and not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just what it is. One of the things, though, is when I say thank you, you expect a... You're welcome. Or uh, sure. No or, problem. No, no, not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no problem. It, but at least acknowledge it. I mean, that's how often have I got into yeah. a store or gone through the grocery store, hey, and, um, and we've said thank you, and they don't say anything. Right. It's kind of a give and take. It's supposed to come back. You know, you go to work, you work for a week, a day, a month, and you expect a paycheck. It 
a give and take. Can you think of other give and takes that kind of that you know of or you know, that work for you? You expect you do this, you expect that from others. Well, we're going to look at in Psalm 119 today. We're going to look about what Yahweh does and then how we're to respond and what God does. And I cha- you know, I'm not real particular about always doing this, but, you know, it is, it's not just this little G God or this, this God that, that um, works for everybody. I mean, it's Yahweh. There's one true God, and it's Yahweh. And um, our Jehovah is how you can is also used for that. And I just sometimes when we just keep using God, I got it kind of almost waters it down because a lot of people say God, and it doesn't really mean anything to them at all. So let's read Psalm 119, 33 through 40, and then we will um, get into the, to filling in your table there. How fun is that handout today? Mm-hmm. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I, I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Excuse me. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts, and your righteousness give me life. So as you see, it's a give and take right there throughout that whole myth, through that whole um, eight verses, seven verses that are there. The very first thing is God teaches us the way. God teaches us the way. What Yahweh does is he teaches us the way. A couple of verses, Job 36, 22. I tried to leave enough spaces for you guys to be able to take notes around there. Job 36. Job 3622, which we all have Job stories at one point or another. That would be a fun book to study. Behold, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? We really don't want anybody else to teach us except for God. And what's so neat is if we flip over to 1 John 2, 27, because who can teach like, like God? I mean, nobody's going to teach better than God. 1 John 2, 27 says this, But the anointing that you've received from him, Christ, abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And what it's saying is that you as a, you as a believer in Christ do not um, need to have another teacher to teach you. God himself will teach you. And, um, and that if we individually do not seek him on a daily basis, a moment-by-moment basis, a, a regular basis, whatever regular looks like, and the more often the better, then we're not going to be really taught. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that works in our body and our mind and our souls and I mean, our spirit. And... Um, we, uh, I, have a, I have a dear friend up in Canada, and I think this is so true. Carrie came to Christ. Actually, it was, she was already a believer, grew up a believer, but had come to a point of crisis in her life and went and actually heard a simulcast. And this is how God works. What year was it, Carrie? Uh, uh, Sherry died in 01. So it was, it was 02. early 02. February of 02. She went to a simulcast, and Carol Lewis spoke at the simulcast. And in Canada, it is a dry and weary land. I mean, you just almost feel the oppression when you go there, especially where she's up in Manitoba, which is the prairies. I mean, it's the, not only is it the middle of nowhere, it's the middle of nowhere. No, go, go to the middle of nowhere and go 100 miles, and that's where you are. And 
And so, she, and she, when attended a church, she's actually on staff at a church. I mean, it's just kind of the level of spirituality in that area. And, and she was just crying out to the Lord for something more, wanting something more. Hey, Jennifer. Jennifer, grab a note. I mean, grab a hand up. The, um, she just wanted something more. And so she went, and after she heard Carol Lewis, she went and bought every single book in the bookstore that Carol Lewis had her name on it. Well, she had no idea that First Place for Health was part of, you know, this weight loss management was part of what, what was um, in the... Um, in her books. And so it was actually, and Carol did, I mean, um, Carrie did have a weight problem. But God taught her. She didn't go to a class. She wasn't in a small group. She didn't have a mentor. But she started doing those Bible studies and started studying the Word on her own. And she tells you again and again how the Lord really taught her. And then, four years later, when did I meet Carrie? She came to, it must have been 06. Yeah. Maybe 07. Anyways, yeah. I was speaking at a, at a wellness week that First Place for Health puts on. She had brought a whole, because she had now started First Place for Health class. She had 90 people in her First Place program. I mean, she, I mean it, it had just, in the middle of, no, again, middle of nowhere, because so many people were hungry. Yeah. So she comes, and, um, and then that is where I meet Carrie, and Carrie is probably one of my closest friends today. And what is, this is a side note, the, the point of that story was, God will teach you. If you want to know, God is the teacher. And it's not, I mean, if you got Beth, great. If you got Joyce, if you got Kay, you know, if you got Pastor Greg, wonderful, fantastic. But those are just outside sources that are going to give you an interpretation of what they think it needs to be. But for you to really be taught, you want God to teach you because the anointing is inside you because he dwells inside of us. But again, just God's sovereignty, and we'll talk about that a little bit later too. One of my closest friends, Carol Lewis, one of the greatest tragedies in her life was the loss of her daughter. God used that experience to touch Carrie, who is one of my closest friends, to draw her to Christ for us to be friends. So it's like, and I told it to Carol. I said, Carol, I am so sorry that Sherry died, but I'm grateful that Carrie heard that so that I could have the relationship that I have with Carrie and she with Christ and yeah. the whole life's been transformed, family's been transformed, anything. It's that tapestry. It is. You that know? kind of way woes in there and, yeah. you know, you think you can never get through it until you're doing it. Until you're right there in a minute. So first thing, God teaches us the way. Teaches us the way. And then the second thing is that once he teaches us the way, then our response needs to be is we need to keep the way to the end. We need to keep the way to the end. I think it's interesting. The last thing the, the Lord said on earth, and we've heard it again and again and again, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. We probably can quote it. I should have marked these because i got lots of verses today. But... Jesus says to them, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. And here's the key. It's, we're supposed to keep the way. And it's not keep the rules. And I think there's a huge difference in that. Anybody could teach the rules. What did he tell them? Teach them to observe. Teach them how to observe the commands. Don't teach them the commands. The prisons teach the commands. I mean, what we ask people to do, you know, what they teach you in kindergarten, the commands. But we want to know how to obey the commands. And the teacher is God is going to teach us so that when we do, we'll keep the way to the end. We're going to be faithful to God to the end. We're not going to keep the way for a season or do something for a season. And I'm just telling you, I got something going. You can pray for me. This is a prayer request. And, um, you know, when I taught on um, not being a slave to drink, the Lord really convicted me about not drinking at all, not even a glass of wine occasionally. And I'm going away this weekend with girlfriends that we've all talked about going to Napa Valley to do like a wine tasting experience. And none of them are alcohol. I mean, it's, you know, 
It's all appropriate. I mean, well, except that I now I'm convicted about it. I don't think it's appropriate. And so we're doing Girls Weekend this weekend. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep the way to the end. And you can just pray for me on Thursday night when we're start, I'm going to pull up my can of club soda. I mean, you know, and, and the girls, and they will be fine. I mean, they won't, you know, they'll that totally support really me. That's the Lord when you just said that because I was sitting here thinking about a dear friend of mine who used to work here that went through seminary, wanted to, wanted to serve God with her whole heart. And she's on Facebook now. And the only thing I ever see her post is she's meeting friends for margaritas with mm. three exclamation points. And not that there's anything that wrong with that, but she never posts anything else. Yeah. So it gives me the feeling that she's not keeping the way yeah. any longer. Uh, she's not here, so I don't know what right. she's doing, but she's working in a secular job. Mm -hmm. And I talk to her mom from time to time. And, and it's... It's abstaining from the appearance mm -hmm. of evil, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. I, I think each one of us has to make that decision exactly. for ourselves. Totally. But this morning when I was getting dressed, I, I thought about writing her if I knew how to write wall to wall, which I don't, you know, <laughs> personally. Yeah. And saying, where have you taken her? Yeah. You know, yeah. where mm -hmm. is she? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can show you how to do a Facebook message. Um, no, I could show you how to do it. <laughs> Maybe you could do it for me. Well, I could do it. I, am, I do have the gift of conviction. Right. So, um, so anyway, so because I, I want to keep the way. I'm convicted about something. He showed me the way for me to walk in. And I don't want to, because of peer pressure or convenience or whatever, I don't want to yeah. not keep the way through this weekend. And so I want to keep the way. I want to keep the way. Um, so let's keep the way and be faithful. And to learn the way, and I think it's interesting, it kind of is like, Moses, when he was kind of arguing with Jesus, I mean, arguing with the Lord about, you know, don't send me, you know, send other guys. I can't do it. And he said, I will, I will teach you the words you're supposed to say. And you know what? I don't want him to teach me the words I'm supposed to say. Just tell me the words. You, I mean, there's a huge difference. Just tell me what I'm supposed to say. Don't make me have to figure this out. And just tell me the way that I'm going to do it. And that's what he does. He teaches us the way. Number two, in verse 34, he gives us understanding of the law. He gives us understanding of the law. I pray for, we got about 30 kids that I pray for on a regular basis. And um, this prayer is what I pray for them every day. Colossians 1.9. It's an amazing verse. It's back when Pastor taught it that I started doing it. Back when I did Colossians, whenever that was. And so from the day we heard, so this is how I say it, from the day that I heard of these children, I've not ceased praying for them and asking that, they, that God would fill them with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I want to have understanding. I want to know his thoughts. It was, goes back to what Colleen said, I think, about what she was sharing about the desire. Just to know his thoughts. I don't have to think about it. It's just, I have the thoughts of God. First um, Corinthians 2, um, verses 9 through 16. Write these down. I really encourage you to review them as you look at it. Because we've, we've heard this before, and I haven't ever put them all together. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 16. I mean, verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. That's right in the middle of them teaching about getting wisdom from the Spirit, which I think is cool. I mean, because we, I, I, we often take that verse out of, not necessarily out of context, not, not in heresy or anything like that, but we just think God's got amazing and great plans for us. One, the greatest plan he has for us is to give him his thoughts. Give his, and this is what he says. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. 
For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one can comprehend the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So within us is the spirit of God that dwells inside of us. Therefore, we can know the thoughts of God. That we might understand the things freely given to us by God. We can freely understand, we can understand them. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And we impart this in the words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. And that is so key, because sometimes we're going to speak to folks and it just seems so obvious. And they're either lost or they're carnal. I mean, they just, we explain a spiritual truth and they're like, I mean, like even going to church and say, why do you go to church, you know, you know. The natural person does not, here we go, it just, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the, man of the, the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So no eye is seen, no ear is heard. What? What God can do in our hearts and our minds is he gives us understanding. I think we've talked about this before. But it's always a good re review. We talked a little about the four-sided person, which is made up also. But we're also a triune being. And um, the body is out outside influences. It's our physical body, what happens on the outside. It's our five senses is a good way to look at that. What we hear, see, smell, taste, touch. Did I cover them all? Our soul is made up our mind, our will, and our emotions. What we think, what we do about what we think, and what we feel about what we just did. Okay? And then the spirit is how I relate to God. Upon salvation, this becomes alive inside of us. That's what's dead. All these things operate within the... Um, uh, within all persons at all times, but not until you become a believer does the Spirit become alive. If you don't have the Spirit, then all, then all we've got is a two-way communication going here. Body, soul, body, soul. My body feels something, my mind, my will, or my emotions respond to it. I think something, my body responds to it. I mean, it works both ways. But see, as a believer, we've got an extra revelation that goes on here. So this is what happens. Our body receives information. This is the teachings of Pastor Greg. This is reading a book by Tony Evans. This is listening to preaching by Charles Stanley. I mean, this is information we receive. Our, our spirit then grants us understanding of that spiritual truth. That's where we get understanding comes from the spirit. Okay? Because that's what it says. We understand the spiritual truth because the spirit of God dwells inside of us. When that happens... We get revelation in our mind. So somebody says something, and we all of a sudden go, aha! It's because we've gotten some spiritual information that was run through the filter of the Spirit of God that's given us understanding that we then apply to our mind that will then affect our will and our emotions. So it always starts with the mind. That's why people say they never understood the Bible until they accepted Christ. They, it it didn't make was, any sense. It didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. They didn't, it was just information. And they didn't not have a regenerated spirit, a renewed spirit, so they would have understanding that could affect their mind. It was just, it was just good information. 
And if it didn't feel good, if the information didn't feel good, our five senses, then we're not going to do it. But now the way the Spirit inside wants to give us revelation about what that means, then we do it. Does that make sense? And that's, I mean, that, that's, and so that's what, so you want to have more aha moments, because don't we love aha moments? Even if they hurt, you know, even if they're like, oh, you know, I didn't want that conviction, or the aha moment, like, wow. I mean, Daniel 2.22 says, God reveals the secret things to his people. I want to know the secret things of God. You know, feed the Spirit. Spend more time in the Word. Spend more time listening to the Word. Spend more time under more teachings. Be exposed to more information. Will expose us to more opportunity to get more aha moments. But if we just show up on Sunday morning from 8:20 till you know 10:30, I mean, I love it. I'm glad you guys are here. But I mean, if that's all we're gonna get, trust me, it ain't me. I mean, it, it, there's not enough that I can teach or Pastor Greg can teach that's gonna get a whole lot of aha moments and those kind of things. So get more information, more spiritual information, and feed us, and then stop getting bad information. Because we spend a whole lot of time, we're going to talk about keeping up, man. So, Let's get that thought. So, body receives information, spirit receives revelation, the mind receives understanding. So, when we get understanding, then our response is we're going to absor- observe the law with our whole heart. Observe the law with our whole heart. So, that goes back to the emotions. Right here. We get a revelation, and then our emotions, all of a sudden, and even our will combined with that. We're going to be passionate about it. We're going to have vigor. We're going to have resolve. You know? I mean, that's where the self-control comes in, to get up and get in the Word. You know, man, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know? I mean, I, I, we were on vacation this past week, and there was, um, I think I counted, I think there's two, four, five, six, seven, seven families, maybe eight, that we all had rented separate condos and stuff like that, and, and um all the same condo, but on the beach. So we're all together, and I just think most of us got up and had a quiet time. Three or four mornings of the week on the vacation, you know, the five. We didn't go to church on Sunday. I mean, that's, you know, that's not, I mean, that could feed the spirit, but on the same side, God's not going to convict us if we don't go to church on Sunday morning. But got up and have a quiet time because we want to keep feeding the spirit. Keep feeding the spirit. We fed our body pretty good too, but we want to keep, because we resolve we're going to do this. I mean, even though we're on vacation, doesn't mean you take a vacation off. Of seeking the Lord, and you want to press in on that. So we're gonna when I started having a quiet time, and I didn't have it on Sunday because I was going to church, and then the Lord convicted oh. me that it was it was the day, you know, just because I was going to church. It's, yeah, it didn't yeah. count. You didn't check it. Right. Out. Yeah. It was a so day off. Observe with a whole heart. I think that's so important. That our, all of our emotions are are built into that. Okay, verse thirty-five. Verse thirty-five. He leads us in the path of His commandments. He leads us in the path of his commandment. This is amazing, amazing verse. Isaiah. And I've never studied Isaiah as much as I probably would like to. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says this. Isaiah what? Isaiah 30, verse 21. And your ears... Oh, let me back up to 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Okay, like... That's not a memory verse that we have very often, is it? <laughs> and though the Lord gave you, that's the cafeteria line. We're like, okay, I don't want that verse. Let's just go right on a 21. Well, t- you can't do 21 without 20. And the Lord gave you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Yet your teacher, capital T, will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see the teacher. Verse 21. And your ears shall hear a word 
behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. I mean, that is that would preach all day long on that. We don't want to have the bread of adversity and the water of affliction to come upon us. But when they do, be aware. The teacher will not be hidden from you, and he will speak to you. This is the way, walk in it. To the left or to the right, he will show you. The Lord leads us in his commandments. And then what happens? We delight in his commandments. Our response is that we delight in his commandments. We actually enjoy them. We take pleasure in them. This gives me great hope. Because when I have waters of afflictions or, what does it say, bread of adversity and water of afflictions coming my way, because I will, there's hope. I can delight in that verse. And I can use it to minister to other folks that come along that are in those areas. And it's not that God's mad at us. It's not that God's convicting us. And it actually is it's actually what he does in verse 38, and we'll talk about that, confirming his promises in us. That, hey, these things are going to come along, and we shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't expect it to be perfect all the time, because it's not. Because waters of adversity and, and uh, water of affliction and better adversities are going to come that way. But we need to light in his commands and not push up against it and buck up against it. Because, I mean, as Colleen says, said earlier, as, as we all, we've all experienced, the hardest time to ever be a Christian is during the easy times. The easiest time to be a Christian is when we're in crisis. Man, you got somebody dying. You got a financial situation. You're going through a relational crisis. Man, I have no. I got. I find all the time in the world. All of a sudden, NCIS doesn't seem quite so appealing <laughs> as the NIV. You know. I mean, that it's all of a sudden you're in that when you're in that the hardest time though is when you are a believer, and it's easy, and that's where your really show is. And I just personally know that in my life where it was the shock of like. I wasn't in a crisis, and I continued to have my daily quiet time. You know, that wasn't the driving force. The driving force was because I delighted in his commandments. I wanted to read his word and be a part of what was going on. Verse 36. It's kind of hard to establish a quiet time, too, if you haven't had one when you're going through adversity and depression. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like Zig Ziglar says, you know, the time to read inspirational books is when you're up, not when you're down. Because you... <laughs> you, can't, you can't absorb it. No, no, exactly. Um, okay, verse 36. He inclines our hearts to his testimony. He inclines our hearts to his testimony. He turns our hearts toward them. And again, the heart is dealing with the soul, the mind, the will, and emotion. And when we cry out to God and say, look, God, incline our hearts to you, what does that mean? And that really means is that I'm willing to do what your testimonies are. I mean, it's this part of it, you know. And as Carol says so often, you know, you might, the very first prayer might be, Lord, make me willing to be willing. I don't, I don't want to do it. I just freely admit I don't want to do it. He loves that. Great. So just make me willing to be willing. Just start there. Start, and he'll start turning your heart toward those testimonies. And you won't be repelled against them. You're going to turn to them because they're protection. Like I was talking to somebody this week who's ever done BSF or CBS, Bible Study Fellowship or Community Bible Study. They're fantastic inductive studies. And it's not K-Author inductive, but... It's an in-depth Bible study, and how it works is that um, you, you're going through, like we did, the life of Moses. And so you would give, you'd be given homework that you personally, before you heard any teaching on it, you personally would go through seven days of study, and then, um, and then you sit in a small group, and you talk about what your answers were. So in a small group, you discuss it. And then you go to a large teaching group where there's a teaching leader that will, give, that will teach through that section. And then you go home with a commentary on that, whatever you just studied. So first you discover it for yourself, you discuss it in a small group, a teacher guides you, and then the experts tell you really what, you know, what. 
And some, sometimes it lines up and sometimes it doesn't, but it's in-depth. I mean, and it's a fantastic way to study the Word. I love what they do. BSF tends to be a little restrictive. Um, and some people would say there are rules. If you're in BSF, they're called guidelines. But, you know, if you miss so many days in a row, you're going to kicked out. If you didn't do your homework, you can't share in small group. I mean, if you're late, if you're you can't late, go to can't small, group, small, small group. group. Which, when I first came, I did not like them. Oh, and this is what I think. Prayer requests. You could not share a prayer request in small group. Your small group leader had called you during the week. And you could share with her during the week. But when you're sitting in the small group, they got like three minutes to share the prayer request. You can't, you can't share your prayer request. The small group leader doesn't. And I had a, I mean, now you could catch her on the side beforehand. I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. like, you know, you're going to get arrested. But, and I just really didn't like them until I started experiencing when they were not kept, when the guidelines weren't kept. And then all of a sudden, I love the guidelines. There's purpose and meanings behind them. And they're, not, they're not rules. When I was talking to my, my friend, she was like, do I do? and then CBS is, has the same exact guidelines. They just aren't. They're presented in a totally different way, but they have exactly the same guidelines. They're just presented in a totally different way. I say all that to say that very thing. When I first heard the commandments, when I first heard the guidelines, when I first heard the rules, the laws, the testimonies, I didn't like a lot of them. Lord, why are you sending me bread of adversity and water of affliction? Why can't you just fix this? You know, why didn't you fix the car from, from running into the back of Sherry? You know, or running over Sherry? You know, my friend Carol Kent, whose son committed capital murder. Lord, you could have stopped him at any point along the line. Why did you, why did you, you know, but no. God, God's, God's ways and his plans. And now all of a sudden, not that I want bad things to happen to any of my friends, but I see that I will hear him so much more in my difficulties and my struggles. So therefore, I love his commands. I delight in him. But at first, I'm always going to buck against him. I'm always, because I'm, we're all rebellious. We're all rebellious. But when we do that, <coughs> verse 36 back, Incline our heart to his testimonies. We will walk in selflessness. We will walk in selflessness. And we will not be covenants. We will not be covenants. Verse 16. Because we realize that it's, it's all God's and it's all his. And we can, um, his commandments and his statutes are great. No servant can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other. Or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. For, for, um, we can't, we, it's one or the other. We can't have a foot in both worlds. You can't. I mean, it, it just, it creates, you're lukewarm and you're miserable and everybody around you that's in the world's miserable and everybody that's in the kingdom's probably miserable. I mean, you're just miserable. Either you've got to have God fully in your box or God's not in your box. So there's just one thing you can put in your box. It might be money. It might be prestige. It might be um, uh, material things. It might be a certain dress size. You know, whatever it is, it, but if God's in your box, then nothing else can be in your box at all. Um, verse 37. Turns our eyes from worthless things. Turns our eyes from worthless things. Okay, Mark 14, 13 through 20. We're not going to do the whole thing for time. But Mark 14, I'm sorry, Mark 4, 13 through 20. Mark 4, 13 and 20. It's a story that many of us have heard again and again, the parable of the, the sower of tossing seeds. You know the story that, you know, the guy came out and tossed seeds and some fell on stony ground, some fell on the path and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground 
and um, it sprung up, but then it faded immediately because there was no depth. Number three, some fell among thorns, and the thorns choked it out, and some fell in good soul, and it, soul, and it proves to 30, 60, 100-fold percent. Well, I want to have a good soul, but that's a whole nother good soul, and that's a whole nother story. But what I really want to hit on is verse number 18. 18 and 19, because I think this is what happens. I think this happens to believers, um, for sure. I think this is, I think the soil that is talked about is believers that's thrown among the, the thorns. And the, others that, and the others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in, and they choke the word, and it proves unfaithful. And when we start looking, when our eyes start wandering toward worthless things, Things that are the desires of the world, things that are going to turn the lust of our flesh, and they're going to turn us away from Him. We're asking God, please turn our eyes away. And God will, is faithful to do that. He will turn our eyes away from looking at worthless things. And then from, when that happens, that we can receive life from Him. We can truly receive life from Him. And I think in that we can then freely give. We receive that life, and then we can freely give. We can get a hundredfold return. Matthew 10 8. Because he will show us that, and that's always amazing when we he start changing our desires and start changing our want to. Matthew ten eight says, "Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the lepers, cast out the demons. You receive without paying, give without paying. Freely give, freely receive of our time, our touch, our time, our touch, our talent, and our treasures. Those things, freely give them. Don't be stingy about it. It's you know starting this consulting business and." You know, people are calling and wanting to meet with me and, you know, and some are wanting to meet with me and not get, char- not get charged anything. And, and I've really kind of struggled and how do I do this and all that stuff. And, and so I thought, I'm going to freely give. I'm going to meet. And if it goes more than that, but I'm not going to, like, say, we can't meet unless you sign a contract. I'm going to freely give. Um, I have someone who's renting. Um, it's kind of like, do you want to be blessed on the principal or blessed on the net? I mean, blessed on the gross or best blessed on the net? Um, I have someone who's renting a room in my townhouse just for a short time while she's sitting, sitting for the bar um, for the law exam, and she's paying me rent. And so I was like, well, do I tithe on the rent? You know, how does that work? Do I, is that like, is that salary that comes in that then actually is this like seed that I've gathered? And I thought, freely give, freely receive. I want to be blessed on the growth. I don't want to be blessed on the net. So I'm tithing on the gift. I'm tithing on the rent. I mean, I don't know, you know, but it's like if I have to start figuring out a way to get out 50 bucks a month, I mean, then I got bigger issues. I'm going to freely give, and the Lord's going to reward and pay me back on those things. And our time, our talent, our touch, and our treasure. And so often we think of stewardship, and we don't think, we think only money. But our time and our talent, I mean, this Houston project, it's three hours a day. It's four to nine o'clock, Monday through Thursday. I mean, that's a lot of time, 23, 24 hours. That's a significant amount of time. It's past my bedtime, which is probably the biggest. And I pay to do it. <laughs> and I pay to do it. I, you know, but I do. We got Jen's got it on too. You know, you get this great T-shirt. You know, so like I need another T-shirt. But I'm grateful for that. But I'm gonna freely give it my time. You know, freely give it my time because God lives will be impacted, and we need to do that. Okay, verse 38. What was our response? Our response is to receive life from Him. Receive life from Him. Um, verse 38, confirm to your servant your promise. This is what I was talking about. Um, he confirms his promises. That's what Yahweh does in verse 38. 
And what happens is we have confidence in God. When he confirms his promises, when we are walking through those difficult times, and then all of a sudden we hear, this is the way I walk thee in it. It's like, okay, wow, you're true. You're, this is true. When we choose to walk in righteousness and not slander, we choose to walk in righteousness and not be gluttonous. We choose to walk in righteousness in any ways, and, and it works out right. We practice Matthew 18 and reconciliation and, and actually go to the person one-on-one and talk to them about it instead of going and gossiping to somebody else that has nothing to do with the problem. And it works out, and this person is thankful. Thank you. You know, that you should, I know that was hard. And I'm, you know, I mean, we're grateful for that. Man, it confirms his promises again and again. It confirms. And then we have confidence in God. And it really helps us to, Pastor said at the past two Sundays that I was here, um, he talked about that Christian thinking. Do you guys remember what he says? Christian thinking is to think that God is good and God is sovereign. God is good or God is sovereign? God is, I know God is sovereign. I think it's God is good is what it is. Or God is faith. Anyway, so I'm going to go with God is good. That would be, that's Becky's Christian thinking. And pastor has something different than that. But God is good and God is sovereign. And we have to think that way. So when the difficult times come along, we don't think God is bad. Or God is mean. Or God can't control this. You know, this was bigger than God. No, we've got to have Christian thinking. The only way we can have Christian thinking is if, we're confirmed, if his promises are confirmed and we have confidence in God. That he is good and he is sovereign. And that those challenges, those difficulties, those hard times that come into our life, he is more than able to take care of them. And if he hasn't taken care of them that way, then there's a reason. Because it either comes through his hand or it comes from his hand. Everything in our life either comes through his hand or comes from his hand. He is aware of what it is. And so learn those lessons. When we have the water affliction, the bread adversity come in our way, man, let's learn. Let's learn what we need to learn so maybe we can quit getting it coming our ways. When that happens, then we will fear him or reverence him. Reverence him. And I think when we, what happens is that we can actually truly be ambassadors for Christ. We can truly be ambassadors for Christ. And 2 Corinthians 5, 19-20 calls us, we're, we are being given this, the ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors for Christ. And then finally, so we'll, we'll finish it, we'll fly through it here, and it'll just be about three minutes late, maybe five. But the last one is, turn away his reproach. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. He will turn away his reproach. You know, when David wrote this, he had a right to be fearful of God's reproach. The wrath of God had not been satisfied. The wrath of God, praise the Lord, has been satisfied through the blood of Christ. But we need to understand that we still, we deserve the punishment. But Christ paid the, the punishment for that. And need to understand, your, Lord, thank you that I do not have to suffer underneath the reproach. And then we need to, our response is to recognize his rules are good. Recognize his rules are good. They're for my good and they're good, period. They're just a great way to live life. Even if I just was not promised salvation. Now, I wouldn't understand it if I wasn't a believer. But, you know, people that kind of walk in the ways of righteousness will say they're good people. Yeah, because they're good. The rules are good. The rules are good and they're good for us. And what that basically is saying is we're agreeing with God. We're agreeing with God, which is confession. I mean, that's what confession is. I agree with you. Repentance is turning. But confession is like, you're right, God, I blew it. And that's what we need to do. I want to really, really strongly encourage you for us, because all this is talking about walking in his ways, finishing well to the end, reverencing him, being ambassador for Christ. That's all of our responses. And I thought about, okay, what is something we can really work on this week that would show that would show that, hey, we're going to finish well, and we're going to finish well in the end. And that's the aim that I want you guys to shoot for this week. 
I really want you to watch the words of your mouth. Because for most of us, I'm thinking, we're probably not going to get drunk tonight. We're probably not going to go have sex. We're probably not stealing from our employers. I mean, I'm thinking we're probably doing that. We might be speeding on the interstate, but that's another thing. But, but those big things. So, but man, if we could watch the words of our mouth, and for this week, consciously think about telling the truth and speaking positive words. So that, so it's, if we're telling the truth, we've got to tell it in, in love. I mean, <laughs> so those, you know, speak and, and, and speak affirming things. Somebody that was with us, well, we just know people. Won't we know people that everything out of their mouth is a critical spirit? It's just critical. And, and there was this person that I was with this week, and I love her to death, but all it is is critical spirit. And I just, you know, it's just, yeah, you just like, you don't want to be around it. What did you say? It gets tiring. It does get tiring. And it, what it can do is it can also, man, I can be real quick to jump on that bandwagon because I really had to fight that personally. And, um, but, man, what if we just tried this week? If somebody starts going that way, and we don't have to cut them off or be rude, but get up from the table if we're around the lunch break table talking trash or whatever, or, you know, or somebody says, man, it sure is hot. I mean, it's even the weather, girls, which is a thing. You know, it is that. But praise the Lord, we've got air conditioning. I mean, that's what Colleen said when she walked in. She didn't say it was hot. She just said, you know. <laughs> Aren't we glad we've got fresh, clean water that we can drink, you know, to cool us off? You know, aren't you glad that we didn't have to catch a bus this morning to get to work, you know, to wait for a thing? I mean, just think, let's not complain. And, man, I mean, that's going to, it's going to focus our hearts, which is going to be so much fun. And then it's going to affect those that are around us. So, anyways, let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you that we got through this lesson. I'm glad the the girls are so smart. They listen so fast. Um, I pray that you would... Just um, take this lesson deep into our souls, Father God, and that our mind, our will, and our emotions would receive revelation from the spiritual um, understanding that you've given to these ladies, Father God. I've given them information, Lord, change our hearts um, for you and for your glory and for your goodness. Lord, I do pray, just because of presenting out there, the enemy will be quick to attack, probably even between now and walking into the worship center, opportunities, Father, for us to... Um, to not speak affirming words or to be negative, Lord. And I just pray that, Lord, we'd be just quick. You'd put a guard over our mouth. And words that come in, um, the words that come out, and, and um, the words that we receive in our ears, Father God, that you would just put a guard over those things, Lord, and that we would speak um, loving and kind words. And we would come back next week with just great testimonies of sharing of what you're going to do. We love you and pray to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Good lesson. <laughs>